Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 39 of Connection Not Perfection. Welcome to Connection Not Perfection, the podcast that helps parents and teens connect using literature, laughter, and love. Hey there, I'm Amy Kelly, also known as The Ish Girl, and I am so excited that you're with me today. It is my very first podcast of 2019, and I am kicking off a brand new season of Connection Not Perfection. Now, you might ask, why am I breaking this podcast into seasons? Because if you are a frequent listener of podcasts, you know that we are able to organize our episodes however we want. You could do seasons, You can start off with number one and just keep continuing on and on and on for however long you want to go. You don't even have to include numbers. You can just do it however you want. So this is why I am doing seasons, because I really want to signify a change that I'm making in my focus this year. Now, up till now, I have poured all of my focus into entertaining, encouraging and equipping parents of teens. But starting now, I am going to expand my content to reach teachers who work with teens as well. Now, here's why I'm doing this. As I reflected on 2018, I realized that I really wanted to kind of get back to my roots, so to speak. And my passion has always been for teens, whether it's teaching, mentoring, encouraging, um, sharing what fun YA books I'm reading, um, supporting them, encouraging them, so forth and so on. Um, I just, I really love teens. And I taught middle schoolers, so I have and a special fondness for that group. Now, usually when I say that, I get some pretty funny looks of doubt. And I'll tell you what I tell everyone else if you have a, a doubt about people who love middle schoolers. I really do. It's a season of life when we're all so impressionable. We're really just beginning to figure out who we are and who we aren't. And it's really when the development of our minds and our souls really are completely off kilter from the development of our bodies. Everything seems so hard and off during those years. Like, I don't know if you experienced that, but for me, those middle school years were pretty miserable. So when I was deciding what I wanted to do as I finished college and kind of was transitioning into being a real grown up, I decided that that's what I wanted to do because I knew that with my own experiences, I would be able to love those kids, nurture them, and teach them just in a way that would benefit them. Plus, it's just this really amazing age when kids really start to think for themselves and they have a huge passion for whatever they're into at the moment. It's just so much fun. So if you are a middle school teacher or a high school teacher out there, of course, too, my hats are off to you. Thank you for choosing to work with this amazing age group of teenagers. Thank you for investing in your students as you mentor and teach and guide your classrooms. And know that there are a lot of us out here who have your backs, who appreciate what you're doing, and know that you're where you are because it's your calling and it's your passion. So that's my shift to include teachers, to include you guys as I talk about all the things I've learned and all the cool things I've read that help connect with teens. Okay, so now that I've talked about that big shift, I wanna get down and dirty and real here. Because while we're all passionate about teens, and I'm assuming that describes you because hello, you're hanging with me today. The truth is that it can be super hard sometimes. 
there's this whole contradiction thing that happens for me that I think is pretty common. I can be in total awe of and enjoying my own teens while simultaneously wanting to pull my hair out in frustration. Am I right? So showing up to engage with our teens and being the steady, reliable grown-up in their life, it takes a lot of commitment and energy and grace and just grit, right? Because we do it solely because we love them fiercely and we are dedicated to helping them become all they're created to be. Now, parents, what I just described, you need to know that your teen's teachers are in it with you. And teachers, you need to know that your students' parents are in it with you. And I don't know what the school culture is like for you where you are, but for me, there's been this invisible wall between the two groups. And I've been on both sides of that wall. Now, as a teacher, especially during my first couple of years in the classroom, and I did not have any children of my own then, and I'm sure that that contributed to the way I felt, but I remember being terrified to contact parents, terrified on that first meet the teacher night terrified. I avoided um, one-on-one conversations and tried to get around like communicating with parents whenever possible. And I know that that's horrible, but, but there it is. That's the truth. Because it was scary. Because it was all of these people who fiercely loved their kids. And I was worried that they were judging me about how I was doing things or their kids were going home and telling them stories about what went on in the classroom. And truly, I was just terrified. Now, fast forward a couple of decades, and as a parent, when my own kids hit middle school, I really understood the need for my kids to break away from the hand-holding that went on in elementary school. But I wasn't happy about the radio silence that fell like a curtain around their middle school. It was especially concerning to me when my kids begged me not to talk to their teachers about whatever struggle they were facing because they were afraid of the repercussions. Now. I get both sides of this, guys, because I remember thinking as a teacher, like, okay, these parents need to stop hand-holding. These kids are so capable and they're so able to do the stuff that they need to do. And while that's true, as a parent, I still see the need, especially with middle schoolers, to um, have a little bit more accountability there with them to maybe give more guidance and coaching as they are working to figure out their time management and um, their study skills and all that. So again, I've been on both sides of the wall. But this this feeling that there is that wall there between the two groups, I feel like there has to be a better way, especially at a time like right now, when our students have higher levels of anxiety and depression than ever before, when social media dominates their landscape, and isolation is a trend that is far outpacing personal connection. It is so crucial for us to show them how to forge those connections and to ask ourselves things like this. How are we connecting with our teens? How are we modeling good, healthy relationships? And how are we connecting as parents and teachers to show our teens that there is a whole community that is invested in them and anxious to help them become the best versions of themselves? And while I know that these connections are going to be as individual as the people who are making them, 
there are a few things that are universal for all of us. There are a few things that can really help you along in these parent-teacher relationships. So parents, I'm gonna to talk to you first. Here's what I want you to keep in mind about teachers. Number one, they love kids. And yes, there might be that one-off teacher that your teen gets who probably should have stepped out of the classroom a couple of years ago, but truly that's the exception, not the rule. Most teachers are passionate about teaching and love the part of their job that is actually teaching. Which brings me to point number two. Actual instruction is only a fraction of what your te teens teachers have to do. And they don't like it, but that's just the way that their, their jobs are structured. Take it from me. Like in addition to pre prepping their lessons and delivering them and assessing the work, teachers have to do a ton of other stuff. Seriously, they have to be tech experts in their classroom. There are meetings and continuing education requirements. They're strongly encouraged um, to be involved in extracurricular activities with the students. Um, and have I mentioned those meetings? What I'm saying is parents have some grace with those teachers. There is no way that they will be able to know your teen the way that you do. So if something is going on at home that might affect your teen at school, let your teachers know, let your teen's teachers know, or their guidance counselor who can then pass it on to the teachers in a very discreet way. It may feel super awkward and vulnerable, but truly the more t information a teacher has about your student, the better they can meet their needs, right? Now, number three, encouraging notes and emails mean the world to teachers, even more so if the message is specific. Um, let me give you an example here. During my years as a middle school teacher, I got amazing gifts from parents, like such thoughtful, kind gifts, very generous. But what I remember the most and what I still have now and know exactly where they are and quite honestly pull out every once in a while when I want to remind myself um, of my former life, I pull them out and I read them. Those notes from the students and from their parents are just pure gold for me. So just know parents that those little notes, while it may just seem like nothing to you, teachers love getting that. It is affirmation and encouragement and so, so, so welcome. Okay, teachers, now that I've had your back with the parents, I want you to listen up. Here's what you need to keep in mind about the parents. Number one, parents love their kids. I'm talking, throw themselves in front of a bus kind of love. But you probably already know that, right? But what you may not know is that they don't always know what they're doing. And most of them know that. They worry about whether they're doing everything they can to support their teen and not doing the stuff for them that would hinder their development. They don't know where it's best to let their teen start taking responsibility and where they should be leaning in and staying in charge. It's a messy balancing act and we fall a lot. And while helicoptering parents are totally frustrating, sometimes parents really just don't know any better. Kind explanations and patience from you really does go a long way in helping parents lengthen their apron strings, if not completely cut them. Now I'm saying all this knowing that just like I told the parents that there are those one-off teachers, I know that there are going to be those one-off parents as well. 
But don't judge the rest of us by that mom or dad who comes in just trying to tear you up for something that is actually their own child's responsibility. So just have grace with us. All right, number two, while you have literally dozens of teens to keep up with every day, parents only have on average a couple of them, which means that they can be your best allies when you're trying to figure out how to best help a student. Many of them are also very eager to help you in whatever capacity you need, making copies, creating bulletin boards, working on special projects with students. Many of them have gifts and skills and would love to share them. And while it may sound daunting to invite them into your space as a teacher, because let's be real, that's being super vulnerable, right? Um, creating that connection can really help you when it comes to being able to focus on your students rather than doing all the tasks that can keep you from the part of teaching that you really love, which is being with your students. Now, my personal example of this is uh, the last year that I taught school, right before I had my son, I had a couple of moms, I should say we had, I was in a team teaching situation where I worked with a team of teachers where I was the social studies teacher, there was an English teacher, a science teacher, and a math teacher, and all four of us had the same 145-ish or so kids. And that particular year, two of the moms of a couple of those kids who were really good friends came in and just were really gracious and persistent with us and saying, hey, we want to help. What can we do? Here are the days that we'll be up here. Is that okay with you? And and really, they really worked hard to forge a connection with us. And I have to tell you, I, I still keep up with them on Facebook. And I just um, have to say that Nikki and Cheryl were amazing, amazing, just mentors for me in terms of giving me insights into their kids and to the teen brain that I didn't see because, again, I was not a parent at the time. So having parents who you trust, who are a discreet, who um, understand and and honor kind of the things that you have to do and the discretion that you have to have with your students, finding those kinds of parents who are willing to help in the classroom is just gold. Or even if it's just having somebody come in and talk about a real world application of whatever it is you're teaching can be so, so, so powerful. So keep that in mind. And number three teachers, and this might sound a little familiar, but encouraging notes and emails mean the world to parents. The same way I archived my notes from my teaching days, I've collected the notes my kids have brought home from their teachers. And remember when I said parents don't know what they're doing? Well, positive notes home from their kids' teachers are super affirming, especially for the teens themselves, right? Like if you're sending in this note home that is going on and on about how great a teen is, like as a parent, I'm going to show that to my teen if, if it wasn't, if it was directed to me and not to them. And hopefully if it was directed to my teen, my teen is coming home and sharing it. That may not always be the case. But again, when parents see teachers building up their kids, what could be better? Just seriously, what could be better? And also that kind of unease that I had that I described as being kind of this um, curtain or cone of silence around the middle school, those little note ho notes home are really um, comforting, I guess is the right word that I would use. They're, they're like, okay, so these teachers do see my student. This particular teacher knows my kid and 
um, and is encouraging and positive. So encouraging notes and emails, so, so, so um, welcome and important. Now, for parents and teachers, here are some things that I really want you to both consider. These are all, I don't know if you want to call them rules or mantras that apply to us all. Number one, we are on the same side. Like we are all about helping the teens in our lives become the best versions of themselves, become more knowledgeable, become more socially adjusted, become more mature, whatever you want to plug in there. We are all focused on that same goal. So just keep that in mind. We're on the same side. And number two, seek to understand before you are understood, right? I think that one is self-explanatory. So rather than Um, entering into a dialogue or an email exchange or a text exchange or whatever it is between each other, try to understand before you are pushing your um, problem, issue, whatever it is you want to discuss. Like try to ask really good questions so that you understand the situation completely, right? And I know that there's that trite saying, which is um, nobody cares what you know until they know you care. So it's that same kind of thing. All right, and then third, give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Assume the best and not the worst. One of the things that I picked up along the way in my teaching, and and I would say this to parents on Meet the Teacher Night, you know, which, and it always got a good laugh, it was a good icebreaker. But I would say, you know what? I will believe half of what the kids tell me happens at home if you will only believe half of what the kids tell you happens here in this classroom. And we would kind of joke and laugh because that leads me to number four. You've got to remember that when teens relay events to you, that their prefrontal cortexes, they're not entirely developed, which means, first of all, of course, you affirm what your teen is feeling and what they've told you, but then you also want to carefully gather all of the facts and seek to understand before you rush to judgment or especially before you rush to action. So just keep that in mind that you are 100% behind your teen. And yes, you want to affirm their feelings. Their feelings are coming from somewhere. But sometimes you have to dig a little bit deeper to get all of the facts and everything that's going on. And then lastly, number five, A real live conversation beats a text or an email every single time. And that may be daunting. That may be really awkward for you. But I'm telling you, so much can get lost in the translation when you send a text or when you send an email because it's just not the same. We know this. It is not the same kind of connection um, over technology Um, Even if it's a handwritten letter, it is not the same as having a real life conversation about something. And so much can get misconstrued and misunderstood. And so having that real life conversation, picking up the phone, leaving a message, asking for a callback, whatever it is, that is your best bet to handle things. And people really appreciate that. Okay, 
That is my spiel for today. Now, if you've stuck with me to this point, I have to tell you that I love how you love teens. Whether you're their years at home or years in the classroom, it is clear that you are committed to showing up for them in the best way possible. And I am so proud to call you one of my people. Now, I am so super excited about this new season of Connection Not Perfection, about welcoming teachers into the Ishfold, and I cannot wait to jump into all the facets of this with you guys. So I hope you are looking forward to it too. One last thing, I do want to remind you that I have an incredible ebook for free on my website if you want to go to this show's page, which is theishgirl.com forward slash EP39 episode for episode 39, theishgirl.com forward slash EP39. You can pick up this free ebook that is all about being the grown up that your teens need. And it's about understanding all of the things that are developmentally appropriate in teenagers that might not be pleasant, but they're absolutely uh, typical and on track for the way that your teen's brain and emotions and bodies are developing. So I encourage you to go check that out, pick it up. And if you have time, I would love for you to um, leave me a rating in iTunes that just does a lot as far as making sure other people can get access to this content. And it also does a lot for encouraging me guys, because just like you, I love encouraging notes. I think I've already made that really clear, but um, anything that you could share that um, would maybe uh, encourage somebody else to find this resource, I would love that. So thank you so, so much. I appreciate you hanging out with me today. And from an ish girl who hopes you've jumped into 2019 with a renewed passion and energy, just remember, it is all about connection, not perfection.